Welcome to Wedding and Event Podcast. Frank podcast discussions for event professionals and those planning successful events. With wedding and special event consultant, Toby Dodge of Prepared.com. And Eric Zimmerman, pianist, DJ, and master of ceremonies of ElegantMusic.com. Hello, everyone. The title of this episode is Communication and Wedding Planning. In this episode, Toby and I discuss aspects and quality of communication as it relates to wedding planning. This includes not only questions a client should ask an event professional, but also the importance of the reverse, the event professional asking the client questions and the discussion that results. We also touched on a potentially dangerous trend in wedding planning of hiring but not meeting one's vendors. And now please enjoy Communication and Wedding Planning. Yesterday I was talking with a veteran florist and she was mentioning how younger couples are searching for most of their services online initially Mm -hmm. and you know many times it's about price as well as design Mm -hmm. and the florist said it was the first time where she has never met with the client that everything has been done over the uh the phone or with a Skype. Right. And she said, you know, we do need to have one meeting so that we can have a little bit more of a rapport. Now, she she gave the florist a deposit over the phone. It was a minor deposit just to hold the date. Mm-hmm. But they had sent each of them had sent pictures, and I think smartly the florist asked if, you know, if we could meet in person mm-hmm. because photos and monitors are not accurate. Right. Electronically, it's not that they're off a lot, but, you know, something, especially when it comes to colors could be a little warmer or cooler, depending on how the monitor is set. Right. So she was really sharp, and she says, look, let's just have one meeting. And they made a, a uh, what do you call, a, a date, and to start at 11 o'clock. Mm-hmm. And the florist said, I usually give, you know, an hour these meetings and it's just kind of to go over the details and to exchange any pictures just to make sure about colors and Mm -hmm. stuff and so the gal uh you know agreed and again the florist said i only have a uh i only have an hour and so it's just fine i'll be there 11 o'clock comes, 11 o'clock goes. Okay. So the florist was concerned mm-hmm. and calls her on her cell and says, I'm so sorry, but as I mentioned, we have only an hour and I have to leave promptly mm-hmm. at, at 12. And she says, oh, I'll be there in a couple of minutes. No problem. She arrived at 11.45. (laughs) And the florist said, we have 15 minutes. Now, in former times, this florist would have moved heaven and earth to accommodate a client. Mm -hmm. However, she genuinely had a place to go to. And instead of saying to her on the phone at close to 1130, let's reschedule, she took her at her word that she would be there in a few minutes. Right. So 
by the time she showed up, she said to herself, I've already given this hour. In other words, she can't get that hour back. Right. So that's why she kept to it. And then shortly after had to leave anyway. But the point is, sometimes you can do an awful lot over the phone and online, but not valuing somebody's time Mm. is critical. Mm -hmm. You know, if you call and you say you're going to be late, then at least you have a chance to find out how late are you going to really be. Mm-hmm. But I think everyone doesn't want to, they're embarrassed. And unfortunately, the florist was probably irked that she was calling at 1130 to tell her she was going to be there any minute. So if she probably didn't want to say, you know, well, how far away are you really? So it's it's just, you know, I think a snapshot of what happens today that it's hard for people to judge their time maybe for traffic reasons whatever mm-hmm. and yet because they've never met initially right. there's not that rapport so it it it's acts as an extra burden on both parties mm-hmm to try and communicate without the benefit of the nuances that you have when you're in in front of each other. I totally get it. Yeah, I know. I and know it is a t- trend. I believe it is a trend. Yeah. It, it yeah. has happened over the last, I think, year or so, maybe a little bit more, where, uh, not in every case, but more and more I'm not meeting the bride and groom until the day of. And wow. this is yeah, this is dangerous. It is yeah. truly dangerous. Fortunately in in many of these cases they did have a a family member who I was in very close communication with. Okay. Okay. And for varying reasons. Some people are out of town uh and the the uh, family member has stepped in, uh, the sister or the or the mother or somebody has, has stepped in to help with this. And 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 believe me, that that help that they're getting from that person is totally invaluable. Um, it is a bit limiting because they they can't really speak for the bride and groom necessarily. They can. Yeah. I mean, we can get close, you know. Yeah. Uh, but yes, that is, and it's an interesting thing. I don't know how that's going to impact the um, the industry, really. We now have all of this, these communication tools. Yes, isn't that remarkable? It is, and it's wonderful. But but then for the result to be that we re- that we meet less or that we communicate less, is a bit dangerous. Is a bit presumptive um, for both for both parties. Yeah. Well, you know, I know. Uh, by not seeing people in person, you rely a lot on the usage of language in texts. So colloquialisms or um, slang or popular slogans actually, I think, take on a greater importance because it's almost like reading code, you know? And um, I'm slow to learn the code, I admit. And when I receive it, it doesn't defend me at, at all, actually. It only tells me that the person is probably trying to do what they want to do as efficiently as they can, Mm -hmm. that they're really not necessarily interested in expressing their feelings. So 
you don't get a lot of open-ended questions. Right. Or maybe they do think that they are perfectly communicating and yeah. we're, we're still missing something. <laughs> yeah, like we're not into the vibe we're supposed to be into. So, yeah, I, I get that. I really do. Um, and I try and understand it because for every change there is, and I'm not going to say progress. I really look at this as a change. Mm-hmm. There's progress in the variation of communication. Uh, I rely on texts, especially with my children. They mm-hmm. prefer. <laughs> mm-hmm. Unless they're on the road and they feel like talking. You know, and they've, <laughs> they've the got car, a The car a is a good ride. time to catch up. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. That, that happens. And I remember uh, having good conversations with brides and grooms on, on their way home, too. Mm-hmm. I think that um, made a, a big, 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 big difference. However, today, it, it's mostly texting. And I, I'm just um, like amazed at at that. So there, there's I guess there's room for everybody to to learn. And I know that that florist was happy actually to end the story because she said to herself, you know, this person didn't want. A lot of service. So if somebody is going to be straightforward, even though they were late, if they're going to be straightforward, they found you online, they made a deal, they showed the photos, they confirmed what pieces they would need, mm-hmm. then it they felt good to go. Okay? Now, here's the difference. That's a product. Yes, you have to understand what the person wants in the overall look of flowers. Mm-hmm. And you need to know the timing. You have to ask certain questions sure. about setup and all. However, when it comes to other areas like music and photography and video... You know, there is so much more to the, if you can say this, to the mix. For photography, what I've learned over the years is that the photographer has to have that rapport with their clients. Absolutely. Even if it's only meeting them once. But it's, there's something tactile yeah. You know, <laughs> even if you're you're clicking in a digital way, there's still something that has to happen in between. And to capture the feeling, you got to be on that same plane. Right. And I maintain and I think you would agree with me that the same thing is true in music. You can talk about what you like in music. You can see music lists. But it isn't until you see the facial expressions of your potential client. Mm-hmm. And that, that, that reaction right there in the room. Yes. Yes. And you see the, the, their faces light up when you talk about a certain performer or uh, piece of music. You get it. Yeah. And then until that time, it's hard to get it. That's right. To just text something or write something on an email list that says, well, I, you know, I, I really like Mozart or, or I, or I really like, um, the American authors, which is another, um, mm-hmm. uh, popular group. Oh yeah, group. great. And, um, so, and, but then to be in the same room with them where they say, well, I really like Mozart and I really like the American authors, <laughs> you know, and you're, you, and, and then you, you, you can find out from them, well, we, they saw them in concert and they played this song and that's when he proposed to me. And yeah. I mean, you, you can just, you know, there's, yeah. there's the whole, then yeah. you get the full picture. You know? So yeah. yeah, I think that there's a, 
the, the closer the communication, the better. The more hands-on, I guess you could say, um, <laughs> the better. Yeah. Uh, c- certainly. I know. And that's why I hope when uh, our site prepared grows and matures, that we'll be able to include video conferencing because I think it's important oh, yeah. in, this, in this age at least to be able to see each other visually. Uh, if we can't meet, that's, you know, it's understandable. However, having that one extra layer of communication is so important. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. yeah. All right. Um, well, I, I can see that this is, is certainly turning into a, a talk about communication and about yes. <laughs> current communication and levels of communication and, and methods yeah. of, of communication. Um, For sure. Yeah, I couldn't help it because I just had that conversation yesterday and it just hit me how things have changed. uh So for sure. Have you seen a change um, from, oh, let's see, the questions that are asked of you uh, over the years, Mm -hmm. what people used to ask and what they ask you now when they are introducing themselves to you in my last email um, I had told a story about two two different clients two different couples and again limited contact with with Mm -hmm. with these people and then having received a list of questions from them that they had gotten probably from another DJ's website or some kind of a website where they said, these are the questions you need to ask, you know, your, your prospective DJ. Mm-hmm. And it really, they were very, to me, they weren't intimate questions. They weren't, they really didn't tell you any, any data, really. Mm-hmm. You, you didn't really learn about the person so much. There, there were a couple of interesting questions, but... Um, you know, what kind of equipment do you use? Well, that's such a technical <laughs> subject. Uh, who cares? You know, <laughs> I could give you the serial numbers and the, you know, of all of my equipment. But I mean, it's just like, it's not important. Yeah. It's just, it, yeah. and yet, and yet here is a person who is asking this question in an attempt to get information, mm-hmm. you know, by whatever means that they are thinking mm-hmm. or they think they mm-hmm. They don't know what's important is, is the, the bottom yeah, line. Yeah, or they've, or they've read somewhere where you're supposed to have some type of speakers or, um, you know, hopefully they would want to ask if there were, if you had a backup system, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. or backup speakers. That question speakers. was asked. That okay. question was asked. That, 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 that's, that's a good, good. question. Yeah. But you know what I um, have run into which is really interesting. I was speaking with a, uh, a DJ earlier um, last last week, and I asked him, you know, it just occurred to me, since everything is so digital and so many DJs are working off of their laptops now, mm-hmm. you got to have a good signal. Mm-hmm. What happens? If you don't have a great signal, what if your Bluetooth or something isn't working so great? What in the heck do you do? Well, okay. Well, okay. Yeah. Well, first of all, the library should be right on the computer, mm-hmm. and where you're not pulling it down from the from the internet. Cloud. From yeah, mm-hmm. not from the cloud or from um, what is that? Spotify or something. Yeah. It's it's very very convenient to have access absolutely to the web and to Wi-Fi and to this type of thing to be able to get those um, unforeseen requests mm-hmm. and somebody will come up and just ask that there, there was a a, a wedding and um, the um, well in this case the father of the bride uh, loved to dance and he and his wife just loved to dance and they were asking for very early rhythm and blues 
oh. uh, selection. So then. we're talking the 50s? Yes, yes. Mm -hmm. And it, it was, and all of it, I would say, was quite esoteric, really. And he wasn't trying to show off or anything, but, no, but no, for no, his, no. but for growing Case. up in the South and for his ah. culture and everything like this, that was what you played or that was the cool stuff. And I can't even remember the titles of this music, but boy, was it cool stuff. It was really mm -hmm. neat. Mm -hmm. uh, so it, it, fortunately, I did have access and I was able to reach these, mm -hmm. these things. But um, had I had a, a more closer contact with the family, I would have gotten that information and I would have been prepared uh, ah. on my laptop. Yeah. So this Wi-Fi is like a way to fail safe a little bit um, mm -hmm. to be able to pull down something. But again, you know, if, if we're, we're not having the opportunity to have extensive conversations with our brides, a lot of these things get shuffled to the back or something, mm -hmm. or, or it's mm -hmm. not so, imp so much important as um, other aspects of the wedding. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I, I feel it's, again, a bit dangerous um, mm -hmm. not to be in close contact or to have the opportunity to fully uh, ask those questions and vice versa, you know. And anyway, getting back to this, this DJ list of, of questions, uh, I could see that it was an attempt to, to learn about something. And, and, mm -hmm. and I think that, all right, you know, that's, that's a good step. But something that I tried to bring out in my, in my email and in my post on my website is that really direct contact, not only just uh, asking questions and getting answers, mm -hmm. but then being asked questions and then giving those answers that are coming from yourself. Mm -hmm. And then it may be that in the same room or in the same conversation that your significant other is there <laughs> and that they can hear the answers to the questions that have been spoken, the answers that have come out of his bride, let's just say, and he can, he can listen to that and go, well, gee, I didn't know that. And well, okay. Um, well, that means this or that, or okay, yeah. I can think with that. Or, so there is, um, there's definitely a, a, the, the two-way aspect of as, uh, asking and answering questions. You know, you, you do have to express yourself at some point. I, I'm, talk, I'm talking about the bride and groom now. Do, do yeah. have to express themselves. And that um, should be in the presence of one another <laughs> so that they can find out what the other's thinking, really. Yeah. Uh, so that, that, that just helps. And, and I just found, I think the upshot of it all is, is that um, we were texting back and forth and we were emailing back and forth. And I answered these 40 questions, you know, that they wow. Yeah. Yeah, it was just a crazy number of questions, which I think maybe maybe a third of them were substantive, really. And the other ones were just like, I don't know, they're just kind of banal questions, really. Um, but, but I found that where we made the most headway mm -hmm. was when we were able to uh, interview one-on-one, -on -one. and even, even though it was by phone, mm -hmm. e even though we were able to, to um, uh, go back and forth on some things. And... Um, and then the other thing that I think that, that really, really helps is if, uh, because music is such a big subject, mm. um, and because depending upon how you feel, I mean, the, mm -hmm. a bride is going to, well, possibly want something maybe a, maybe a bit classical or a bit formal or maybe something more intimate for the wedding ceremony, something meaningful that way. And then on the cocktail hour, she, she wants to have fun, you know, and, but, 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 but what is her ideal idea of fun? And then during, <laughs> during the uh, wedding reception and dinner and everything, there's another type of possibly an elegant act atmosphere that's happening there. And then the same bride who wanted Pachelbel Cannon and to walk out in this big Victoria dress for the ceremony during the reception wants to dance the pit bull and to... Oh. Uh, um, run DMC and um, some old school hip hop or something, which is yeah. a completely different person. That's good. Yes, yeah. Yet it's the same person. It is. Um, 
so anyway, so all that, all those, those nuances come out and, and we, we put them all together. Yeah, absolutely. Oh my gosh. We're so lucky um, that there is so much music available, like you said, and ways to capture uh, the music. I would think that mixing becomes even more of a challenge in some ways because reading a crowd and with a lot of different options as far as both in style and people performing the music, it seems, I mean, and this is maybe a prejudice on my part here, it seems like there's so many more names out there now. Are there as 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 performers and and is more music being produced or is it just easier to get out let's say on on YouTube and and all. I have a hard time figuring that one out. Do people have more to choose from in contemporary music wise? Than they used to. They certainly have more access. Access, okay. And ability but, to search search out things. Mm-hmm. I find that it it is a it's a complete adventure, really, mm-hmm. to talk to a couple about music. It's 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 exhilarating for me actually because they will mention certain things and then that reminds everyone of of something else. And I maintain mm-hmm. that you know one great song leads to another great song. Mm-hmm. And and that you have now the ab- ability to search up those artists, and 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 then you've got a whole world of artists that you never knew you had before uh, mm-hmm. there. And so, in taking the the itinerary of the beginning and the various parts of of the celebration, you could fit all of that music, all of that music, it's somewhere. And, and, and play, you're right, mixing it, in other words, playing it at the proper time mm-hmm. and, and having it um, really mean something that, that creates something to the atmosphere and to the moment that's, that's happening uh, on the dance floor or during dinner or you know, somebody's about to be uh, announced and that's their theme song or that's their, they mm-hmm. travel up to the microphone on that song. And that's getting, that's getting pretty... Uh, Pretty detailed. I, I do enjoy um, some some couples will will say that well each part of the bridal party has to have their own music when they walk yes. in for the wedding reception. Yeah. And so yeah. you play a quote of one song and then right away you play the quote of another song and then another and each of these these people walk in and they have their own themes. <laughs> and that that's that's demanding but it's fun it, it can be done yeah i would know. i would imagine it, it's a lot of fun. i've seen that and it's it's kind of taxing because you have to play enough of the song the, high, people, the high point of that song right that it's yeah. recognizable right and and also the couples if they dance themselves in or you mm-hmm. know circle the dance floor whatever they choose to do you have you have to be you know have everything timed that you're going one into the other that you know takes some effort it w- to coordinate that yeah just plan it ahead of time really and line it all up and have the, that's a, that's a great that's a great su- a subject to talk about with with a bride yeah. I mean you can you can get you can get into it yeah. you know yeah i uh, bet and the thing is though um, when people choose to do that do you feel it and it takes away from the bride and groom in any way? No. Or do you think it kind of enhances it's, the? It's evening? part of their creativity. It's part of their yeah. what they're. It's part of them. Yeah. And and that was a point that I. I don't know if we've actually made it in in earlier talks, you and I, but. Um, you know they're. They choose. They choose a, a location that is very much represents them, 
or that's special mm -hmm. to them, or that represents them. They're f choosing uh, food and wine and drink and, and guests that represent them. Mm -hmm. And then the music that they choose also represents them. And it's not so much that it's, um, it's all about them, but it is through their eyes that this aesthetic is established. Like, in other mm. words, the, the um, uh, I guess I want to say that the, the combination of all the ingredients uh, and all the parts mm -hmm. is certainly greater than each individual part by itself. And mm -hmm. so it's a combination of, of all those things. And so, yeah, you're, you're putting together flowers and lighting and location and music and the theme of things and then who's going to speak and when. And, and not that you have to micromanage every single thing, but we should have a little bit of a discussion or at least an agreement about each of those things. Yeah. A, a, a rather unnerving uh, wedding that I did. And, and I, I, I hate to admit this, but I didn't know the location of the wedding 15 minutes before it was supposed to start yeah i know and and it was you mean on the property you mean it, it was it, the... I'll, I'll i'll give it even even oh. better it's it, it was not even knowing where it was on santa monica beach Ooh, and i'm no, driving i'm driving around and i'm trying to get a hold of the bride oh and groom oh my gosh and finally they had I, there's a whole, there are a whole backstory to this, and there's there's a I whole bet. thing, and and I and I really, um, it, I do have to say that it was two very creative people that were getting married, and um, and he's he's a film director, and she is in uh, the the fashion industry, and she runs internet marketing and um, to the to the fashion industry. And literally, they were working right up to the wedding. And I couldn't get a hold of them. Wow. And their guests couldn't get a hold of them. And certain oh. things just weren't, weren't uh, com wasn't communicated. They didn't have a wedding coordinator, which oh. just, uh, I could have used somebody stable like you yeah. <laughs> there, you know. <laughs> and here I am driving oh, around Santa Monica Beach, you know, going like, where the hell is this place? <laughs> But the wedding was absolutely beautiful, and it was fun, and it was intimate. It was, it was small. Fortunately, it was small. It wasn't big. And they had changed their locations on some things. And anyway, there, were, there was a lot going on in this wedding, and it really tried, it really tried my patience. Excuse me. Oh. Um, but I just kind of like, um, how can I say it? I, I believed in that people are basically good. And they want mm -hmm. a good thing to happen, mm -hmm. and um, and this is what ha I, I wound up talking to the bride uh, at, at the re wedding reception, and she apologized to me. She just, you know, she said, you know, I was so overwhelmed mm. by everything mm -hmm. that I couldn't return a text. I couldn't return a telephone call. Oh my gosh! I couldn't answer the phone. You know, it was it was this this thing where she was and, and with her job being, you know, super, super important, busy and, mm -hmm. and not getting really the support that she needed from her fiance and, and nobody to fall back on. Nobody to say, yeah. hey, will you do this for me? Wow. You know, yeah. <laughs> and and so they're, they're they're big achieving people. They're they're very they're artistic people. But I'll tell you what. So, so it all it all came down to being improvised. We all just kind of had, had a, um, and it was funny because I at, at the wedding re <laughs> the wedding reception, the location manager comes over to me and says, "You know, I have this invoice here. They dropped off the cake and everything like this. And who's going to pay for this? Or who's going <gasps> to? What's the? Oh my God! Th this type of thing. And I just looked at him. I said, "Give it to me." And I just wound up taking responsibility for just the, the bartender you set up over there, you know. Okay, this, and yeah, good. Who's this? Okay, the gifts go over there. I don't know. I'm just, I'm just, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just assuming, you know, charge oh, of this. Oh my gosh! It was, well, it, you know, years ago it used to be that way that the photographer was really the coordinator. 
of the event. Well, now it's the, it, it, I didn't know that. I, I always thought it oh, was the, absolutely. Uh, the florist was the, the coordinator or something. Well, you know, I think it depended whoever was the most important person maybe to the couple. Uh-huh. But when I started back in 1988, I observed that the catering managers would would talk to two people naturally. They would talk to the band leader or DJ, or they talk to the photographer. Wow. That's who they usually communicated with because of food service. Hmm. I mean, you that is possibly, you know, people remember the music, <laughs> but if they want hot food, <laughs> they've got to work it out, yeah. you know. And I do remember, in some ways, uh, uh, catering managers and floor managers really liking the fact that there was a coordinator. Oh. Because if the coordinator was sensitive to the kitchen needs, then the coordinator would be the one to tell the band leader or DJ to Mm. stop playing and Mm. they didn't have to be the bad guy because the hardest thing, and it used used to um, concern me is when a band leaders, you know, I would put up my five fingers, meaning five more minutes. And Mm. we went through the signals before. So they knew what the signals were and I would listen to their signals if they, you know, goes both ways. However, you could see the pain on their faces when you gave them that five minutes when they knew they were on a roll. Oh, yeah. And, and oh, you got to be kidding. we got to stop in five minutes. I've got easy another 15, you know, with this crowd. With this crowd, yeah. But I couldn't uncook the chicken. <laughs> what do you do? You know, I mean, it's like, oh, my God. You know, I felt awful because I don't want to stop people's fun. Right. But you would also don't want to have somebody complaining uh, later that everything was overcooked or cold or, you know, something else. So that's where, you know, communication is so important. And oftentimes, if if I sensed that the crowd was really in a dancing mood and they had had a plate full of hors d'oeuvres, nobody was hungry. Let's put it that way. Right. If they if they had hors d'oeuvres, mm-hmm. of course, there's always a few people that are saving themselves for the meal. And those poor people want to get in and eat, you know. But the vast majority were enjoying themselves on the dance floor. Let them dance. And they they didn't want to dance. So I would go and I would say, you know, anticipating. And I think that is really the key here. Uh Because once in a while, and I'm sure you would agree with me, you can have a crowd and they're just enjoying themselves immensely. And they're into their music. However... You can only expect people to dance fast and full out for a certain distance of time. Sure. Depending on the age of the group, obviously. But I would see this once in a while where I would, I said, oh, they're going for 20 minutes. I, this crowd is a dancing crowd. No problem. And by the third dance... They're ready to sit down. And it's like, oh, my God, what's going on? You know, and sometimes it was just so fast and people had just had their meal sometimes and hadn't settled maybe a little bit. And they were tired. They had eaten Hmm. too much, Hmm. maybe. And they just didn't have that much energy. And so, obviously, the band leader or DJ changed the pace of the music, and we were okay. But, you know, you have to 
be flexible, I guess. Is yeah. Well, you were predicting also. And yes. You were seeing a, a situation. Exactly. And you would hope that, you know, that would have uh, stayed true. But circumstances sometimes make a difference. If the humidity is high in the room, hmm. can make a, a big difference on whether people continue to dance or not. Hmm. Uh, there are some, and I'm sure this is true of many places, where they set the air conditioning so that it'll be very comfortable. But these rooms have very high ceilings. And so in order to cool it down properly, they keep it at the lowest they can because the heat will rise and depending on where the intake and, and ducts are, the exchange of hot and cold will take place and it can be deceiving hmm. for the whole room. I, I speak of this <laughs> not thinking I was ever going to go here, but it, it struck me because um, we were in a room yesterday that was air conditioned, okay. but there were a lot of people and someone, all that has to happen is somebody opens the window. Now, they're thinking they're at the wrong end of the room, wherever the air conditioning is coming in. They're in a faraway spot. So they say to themselves, I'm just going to open this one window and I'll get a little breeze from outside. What they don't realize is the humidity is coming into the room. Mm -hmm. And even though they think it's cooler out there. It's really the breeze that makes them feel that way. But the actual temperature outside is equal to or even a little higher than what is inside. Right. So what happens is you say, okay, so the air conditioning just stays on more. Well, somebody at the other end of the room is upset because the air conditioning is very low on the other side. <laughs> and when I see that happening, I actually ask them if they want to trade places. <laughs> I think that's great. Absolutely. I think seating people around a dance floor too, you know, I mean like we're okay, obviously grandma isn't going to want to hear it really loud, but that party table yeah. does. So let's get the party table up next to the dance floor and put put grandma where she'd be more yeah. comfortable. <laughs> I know. Let's switch. <laughs> and it it's so funny because, you know, sometimes I think I stood for a lot of hours and just watching. And many times nothing happened that yeah. I needed to do anything about. But when you observe... Those things, the window opening, this person asking for a shawl, this, you know, you get, you, you start, and then of course someone comes and say, when are they cutting the cake? You know, I think if I had a dollar for every time that was asked of me, right. that would have, would have been an interesting sum. And I don't know, but I feel in my heart, if we address as many of these questions as service providers, meaning how sensitive are you to the tempo of the evening? Do you care? Is it just, is what you want just for people to dance, have fun? You don't care how many people are on the dance floor or do you? I mean, does this need to be a dance fest, you know, for you to value what's going on. Mm -hmm. Sometimes those are hard questions to ask because what you're doing is you're setting yourself up for failure sometimes if people don't respond in the way that your client is desiring. 
However, I always feel that it's beneficial to ask those hard questions because then at least you have the opportunity to say, I hope they will follow your lead. Absolutely. But don't judge their pace because maybe they haven't seen an old friend in a long time. Oh, and they want to talk. Yeah, absolutely. And they want to talk. That's right. And you would never know that. That's right. It's hard. It's hard to know. I, you know, I wanted to bring this up in a future uh, discussion. However, um, if a couple is ever worried about whether or not people are going to dance, mm-hmm. okay, for, for an event, that there are several things that, that the DJ and master of ceremonies and even the wedding coordinator can do mm-hmm. that would um, lay the groundwork so that something like dancing could occur for this otherwise r- rather shy crowd. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I would like to go go into that at a future okay. discussion. Um, Sounds but, good. But yeah, it's it's a, it's a valid question. Um, it has a lot to do with the people that you're inviting, you know. And if they're if they're expecting to dance and everything, well, they, it's great. They'll dance. But if they're expecting to not dance, are they mm-hmm. they're expecting that? Um, well, you know, we were hoping that we would just you know find a corner and just share a glass of wine and and talk to some friends and that's it mm-hmm. well then okay there's we have to uh, see what what can be done for the evening that would allow the evening to still go forward and not stale stale date itself mm-hmm. or stale uh stale made itself or whatever i don't think that's the right word but um <laughs> i i think that uh, every cup every couple um has their their party people that are part of the event and then then there's also a, a group of people who aren't necessarily there for quote the party and that um, w- there's a ratio between those two clients or those not clients but those two mm-hmm. types of audiences and so then to uh, arrange activities and to prepare the evening in such a way that it flows from one event to the next without putting anyone on the spot uh, in particular, what I'm referring to is there's a particular groom who is an abject fear or terror about being asked to dance or to being mm. being asked to, to 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 speak or even say thank you on the microphone. He can't do it, and yeah. and so there's a there's a fine line now. I'm walking after I after I have found that out because in, I haven't spoken with him, and finally I did yeah. wind up speaking with him, and I got this. Uh, revelation uh, to me and then I just realized well okay so I I just talking to the bride or just talking to the bride's mother is, is not enough and to now uh, make provision so that I can I can a not put anybody on spot B have the event go smoothly and mm-hmm. be able to um, arrange activities where uh, everyone's going to still have a good time that's mm-hmm. that's something that I'd like to bring up in a future uh, yeah. discussion. But anyway, okay. Anyway, uh, gosh, it, it's been a long, long time. I know. <laughs> and it, you know, we both get very busy, and it happens. Well, it just I, does. I'm going to try to commit to you on on this <laughs> this day of the week. I put it. I put it in my calendar. Oh, good for you. I will show you. I oh, look feel at that. So proud of myself. I have it here, 10 a.m. on Tuesday, and then 10 a.m. third, the 10th, the 17th, the 24th. Okay, good. You're in my calendar. Well, all right. Okay. So I, I set I set the priority. Well, thank you. Thank You're welcome. You. It is indeed a priority for me to talk with you, and I think that uh, I really think that uh, people will benefit from our conversations. I, I, I do. I hope they do. Yeah, I and, hope so. Oh, which reminds me to tell you, I got a notice from Dropbox mm-hmm. that said that your your box was full. Is oh, that true? I, you know, 
doing this show, you know, yeah. I, I did this, um, I did this show, and so lots of stuff was sent to me uh, oh. as the music director of this show. So maybe it is indeed uh, full. I have to go in there and and uh, yeah, check it out. Clean house. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I should do the same. Um, how did your audition go? Did you hear back? Oh, fun. fun. Well, it was a callback. And so they had me come back, you know, and I, yeah. and so, and, and I haven't, what's nice about these callbacks is that uh, you actually are working with a director and you're working and, and in the room are also the, the agency, the ad agency mm-hmm. for, for this commercial that they're, they're about to shoot. And yeah. so they really get a chance to look at you. They get a chance to talk with you and then you can, uh, make yourself known and, and hopefully deliver exactly what they want. And, yeah. and, and sometimes they're not really forthcoming about what they want and they just want to see it occur naturally in you. Mm-hmm. And so, mm-hmm. so, all right, then it still leaves me wondering, well, what could I have done better? Oh or, yeah. <laughs> you know, didn't uh, you have your, your genie hat on that you could just read your nose and know. Read yeah. minds, yeah. Well, I think mind reading is a lot of part of it. Um, but uh, but yeah, it was very very creative um, director. It seems like, and he he pushed that that camera right up into my face, and it was it was really amazing for wow. <laughs> for me to work with a guy who wanted to see uh, see me Close so up. intimately. You know, it yeah. was it was quite something really. Wow. So, so yeah, and then that, and then the show that I did was was just um, so much fun, and sorry to see it go, but it's something that I think that everyone there is willing to do again. In other words, it's a we have this show, and it's uh, it's called Black and White in Paris. Oh, it sounds great. Yeah, and these, I like the name. These were um, black and white photographs taken of Paris over a period of time and uh, a very unique way that this uh, photographer captured these particular images. And then um, this guy, he, he wrote a show around it. We chose music and... Um, wow. And there were dancers, I mean, full-on, mm. world-class dancers. They were great dancers, choreography, and, and then music and, and the guys that I got to play that were just... They were amazing, these players. And so, In fact, some of them sent in subs that were even more amazing players than what they already were. Oh um, my gosh. So I, I was I didn't I didn't worry. Uh, once once the um, the books of the show were established and the music was established and this is how we're going to do it was uh, it just kind of played itself. It was really amazing. You have been listening to Wedding and Event Podcast with Toby Dodge and Eric Zimmerman. If you have a question, comment or topic suggestion, please call Eric at 626 626- or contact Eric by email eric at elegantmusic.com contact Toby by email toby at prepared.com subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts and receive a new episode each week thank you for listening